Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. I'm Dave Rubin, this is the Rubin Report Direct Message. Today is December 6th, 2021. We are live streaming on Rumble on YouTube and at Blaze TV. Do me a favor, if you're watching on Rumble, make sure you subscribe to our channel. There may be more Rumble in our future. Hint, hint, things are happening, people. Uh, we got four stories for you. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you didn't do too much politics this weekend. As you know, I try not to tweet on the weekends. I try to stay off the news. So Mondays, I always feel very refreshed and ready to go. I actually fell asleep. Guys, believe it or not, I fell asleep at about nine o'clock last night on the couch. Felt good. I feel refreshed and ready to roll. Ready to roll. Give you a big show today. Big show. Uh, first up, Kamala Harris. You know this Kamala Harris woman. Uh, she's the vice president. Polled at zero in the Democrat primary when she was running. And then they brought her in to one day replace Joe Biden. Nobody likes her. Her staff is dropping like flies and there's all sorts of stuff breaking in mainstream media now where they're starting to say, oh, she's a bad boss. People don't like her. She seems unprepared, et cetera, et cetera. And it's sort of interesting that it's breaking in mainstream because things only break mainstream for a reason when they get through that airlock. And it's like, why is this happening? Is somehow the Biden people, are they throwing her under the bus somehow? So we'll have some info on that. Then the big story, of course, in the media last week was Chris Cuomo, the journalist, the actor, over at CNN, who for a year and a half was running cover for his brother, Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York, as he was killing people and also sexually assaulting women. Uh, they finally fired Chris Cuomo over at CNN. And then on Stelter's show, you know, this potato guy, Brian Stelter, on his Sunday show yesterday, which is the most ironically titled show in the history of television, called Reliable Sources, uh, they actually started becoming self-aware and asking maybe, does this mean we've done some wrong things at CNN? How does this reflect on us? Stelter didn't really get it, but one of the panelists kind of did. Uh, so we'll show you that. Uh, then there's this maniac, this true maniac. And I was calling him a maniac years ago. I was ahead of the curve on this one. This guy, Bill de Blasio, he is the outgoing mayor of New York City. He is a Marxist, he is a true authoritarian lunatic. And even though he only has weeks left in his administration, he is now pushing for uh, mandates and for private companies to be forced, in effect, to fire their employees who are not uh, man vaccinated by December 27th, I believe. The guy is a complete nutbag. And you may be saying, Dave, why are you showing us this video? Why are you going to talk about this story we thought you only do positive COVID stories, but I've got a twist on it. And you'll have to stay tuned because I've got a twist that I think you'll find is a positive twist. Oh, and finally, there's a male uh, swimmer who's winning all the female records because, you know, feminism and trans stuff because it's 2021. So all that and maybe more today on The Rubin Report. Let's start with this Kamala Harris story. If you don't know Kamala Harris, well, we put together this great compilation video of some of her best hits. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty much all you need to know about Kamala Harris in terms of her philosophy and political thought and all that. Well, now it's coming out that a lot of people don't like her and in her wing over at the White House, there's a lot of tumult 
and people are resigning, all sorts of bad stuff. We've got some info here from The Daily Wire. In the midst of frequent stories currently circulating about the unhappiness of staffers working for Vice President Kamala Harris, one disenchanted former staffer for Harris harshly criticized her, telling the Washington Post, it's clear that you're not working with somebody who's willing to do the prep and the work. The staffer continued with Kamala, you have to put up with a constant amount of soul destroying criticism and her own lack of confidence. So you're constantly sort of propping up a bully and it's not really clear why. Gil Duran, a former Harris aide who worked for her in 2013 for five months before quitting, echoed to the post, one of the things we've said in our little text groups among each other is what the common denominator through all this and it's her. Who are the next talented people you're going to bring in and burn through and then have them pretend they're retiring for positive reasons? According to one report, concern about being permanently branded a Harris person is one of the reasons staffers are considering leaving Harris as they don't wanna be seen as being aligned with her in case another Democratic candidate decides to run for the Democratic presidential nomination in 2024. The Daily Wire reported last Thursday, two more staffers are reportedly jo joining a growing exodus out of Vice President Kamal Harris's office less than a year into her tenure. Uh, let's just show that video of her again. <laughs> 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 Imagine if I was doing that all day long and you guys worked with me. Like when you you have to get another job, you can't blame any of the <laughs> Okay. Look, nobody really likes her. She was brought in, obviously it was sort of a diversity hire. They said we needed a black woman or something because Joe is old and white and has been in politics forever. She you know, was the attorney general or something in California. Was she attorney general or is that what she was in California? I think she was attorney general. Um, you know, and also was a senator obviously in California. Um, but nobody likes her, nobody knows what she's about. She's deeply inauthentic and all that. And the reason I wanted to do this story was not really because it's so enlightening to say to you that nobody really likes Kamala Harris or there's weirdness in the White House. What's interesting to me about this is the airlock thing that I mentioned a few minutes ago, which is that it's funny that suddenly all of mainstream media, Washington Post, New York Post, some of the other papers, CNN's now touching a little bit, are starting to uh, discuss what's wrong in her side of the White House, like that people are unhappy and everything. And it's like, they don't, they coordinate all of this stuff. You guys know that. They coordinate all of these stories. So suddenly that all of these stories are leaking, that something's going on with Kamala, like that, I don't know what that is exactly. But to me, it's something like the Biden administration is telling the media people, oh, you can kind of run with this. Like they wanna kind of sandbag her either because they know that Biden is not gonna make it for the four years, right? Like, cause obviously something ain't right there. And they wanna figure out maybe they don't, they can't control her as much as they thought they could control her or something like that. Or they wanna back somebody else or who the hell knows. But that's the part that I find interesting. When suddenly the media starts showing you a bunch of stories about something, it's very rarely really about the thing that they're pointing at. Uh, to be clear, she was attorney general of California from 2011 to 2017 and she was senator. Uh, from California from 2017 to 2021, when she obviously stepped down to become the vice president. Anyway, she's not well, mentally, I would say. And you know what? Yeah, one more time. <laughs>
crack addicts that are more stable than that one. Uh, guys, before we move on, I wanna to talk to you about Raycon. You know, by now you've probably seen about a thousand gift guides for the holiday season. Gifts for moms, gifts for guys, gifts for your favorite podcasters named Dave. You could study all those gift guides and shop at 10 different places, or you could start your shopping at Raycon and get a gift everyone will use, Raycon wireless earbuds. Whether I'm listening to them when I'm doing my daily cardio or have them with me on the plane when I'm flying to an event, I like to keep my Raycons close. Raycons give you amazing audio quality wherever you go, whether you use them to pump up, wind down, to work or work out. They'd be useful for anyone on your gift list. Even better for you, they start at half the price of other premium audio brands. With their latest model, you get three new sound profiles to make sure everything you're listening to sounds its best with just the right amount of bass. Set them to balance mode when you're catching up on episodes of The Rubin Report. Raycons are available in five stylish colors so you can pick a perfect one for everyone on your list with free shipping and returns. Gifting is easier than ever. The holidays are coming up fast, so join us and go to buyraycon.com slash Rubin. Use code HOLIDAY to get 15% off your entire Raycon order. Buyraycon.com slash Rubin. And now, back to me. All right, so as I said, the big story in the media world last week was Chris Cuomo, the actor pretending to be a journalist who was on primetime over at CNN. Uh, he was fired, finally. Uh, this was not an act of cancel culture. You know, it was funny, I was thinking about it over the weekend. It's like, we have so many people who get fired or lose their jobs unjustly, right, because of cancel culture. This is a rare example of a guy getting fired for the right reasons. Like he was in complete dereliction of his duty as a journalist, he was altering and somewhat hiding stories, there's evidence of it, because they were related to his brother and info that he didn't want to get out there. So he's, he's fully justified, or CNN is fully justified in their firing of him. Uh, but what's been interesting about this is that uh, CNN is almost, sorta, kinda, could they be, maybe, looking in the mirror? Does Stelter have a mirror? We know he doesn't have a scale, but maybe he has a mirror. Uh, he did a segment on uh, the, Stel the Cuomo firing and how that reflects on CNN. You know the biggest media story this weekend. It's the firing of Chris Cuomo from this network, CNN. Now, I've been working the phones ever since this was announced yesterday uh, uh, evening. Um, frankly, I've been on the phone until the last five minutes here getting information about what happened and where CNN goes from here. Ultimately, this is about trust in media, as Sarah was referring to. Trust in media. Has CNN lost trust as a result of this, Sarah Wick? Well, uh, you know, I don't know. That's hard to say if, if CNN has lost trust. Here's the problem. We've really lost sense of media ethics in our profession, especially in the last few years. You have to ask yourself first, and this is the mistake that Chris Cuomo made, and in some sense, I think CNN made this same mistake in not forcing him to ask this. Who do you work for? Who do you serve? Obviously, you serve and you work for your employer or you don't get a check, but beyond that, where, who are you talking to? You should be serving the public. 
But, See, that's um, the thing. That, that's Brian, the thing. You, I think this is a once-in-a-lifetime ethical dilemma that doesn't try to let off me about the hook. But there's never going to be another moment like this where there's a, a brother, as an anchorman of a governor in the middle of COVID, and you know one of them gets COVID. Like this was a once-in-a-lifetime situation. That doesn't mean that everyone necessarily did the right things at the right time. But it was unique. All right. So first off. Credit where credit is due. I will give Stelter a little credit for even doing this segment, right? Just, I'll get to what he said there at the end where he, you know, sort of moves the goalposts on it. But like, just for doing the segment, I'll give the guy like a certain amount of credit. The guest there made a good point uh, that media ethics have been completely trampled on. There basically are no media ethics anymore. Um, I can tell you this, that at this point, and I did one of these last week, when a mainstream publication reaches out to me, which they reach out to me several times a week to get, uh, they want quotes from me, or they maybe want to do a story on me, or they want to do a story on a friend of mine, I almost always know it's a hit piece, almost always. And usually I just write back something like, you are not a journalist, you're an activist, or you know something to that effect. And I say, you can put that on the record, and then they don't print anything. So I will give Stelter a little bit of credit there, and I'll also give the guest a credit for saying, hey, we've failed. We in the media have failed because so many of us, right, you guys watching this, you know how badly they failed. Now, what's interesting, and this is where Stelter fails, is he's asking the question like, oh, did have we harmed our trust? Like, have we not been acting as good as we should have? And it's like, well, A, that's obvious, right? Like, that's just obvious. But like, if you just went through the list of things that CNN has lied about, over the last, say, three years, that is far, far bigger than Chris Cuomo, who will just be a footnote, irrelevant piece of history, right? They lied about Brett Kavanaugh being a serial rapist. Remember, that was every single day on CNN, 24 hours a day. They lied about Jesse Smollett being lynched. Remember that? And now they're not even really covering the trial of Jesse Smollett right now because it would expose all their lies in the first place, which is another type of fake news. A type of fake news is when you promote a lying story, but then another type of fake news is when you won't cover something because it also goes against your narrative. So that's a double lie on Smollett. They lied endlessly about the Russia hoax, endlessly. They lied about Hunter Biden and the laptop and we weren't allowed to talk about it. They lied about the Covington kids being racist. And then uh, who's, who's the kid, the main kid? The main Covington kid? The main Covington kid, uh, yo, Nick Sandman, thank you. Nick Sandman won a big uh, lawsuit against CNN because of that. They lied about uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. They lied about the very fine people hoax where Trump did condemn the white supremacists and the neo-Nazis. So you guys have lied about, about like all of the stuff that has mattered culturally in, and politically, and you will continue to lie, and we'll know you're lying, and you'll know you're lying, and yet you'll continue to lie, right? We know all that. So this is where Stelter doesn't get credit because it's like, I'll give you credit, you did a segment. You sorted and again, he's been on the phone a lot and my God, okay, fine. You did the segment, you got called out on media ethics, which you don't have. You don't seem to be aware of all the other things that you've lied about or that you lie about by omission. And then finally there at the end when he's trying to clean it up and he's like, but this is, this is a once in a lifetime thing. I mean, an anchor and his brother and a, and a pandemic. Well, first off, once in a lifetime, this pandemic's been going on for two years. So let's just remove this pandemic has been going on for two years, so let's just remove pandemic. But the idea of a brother reporting on his brother, I mean, almost everyone at all of these networks is either related to or a cousin of or married to or a former staffer of or something to someone that used to be in an administration somewhere. George Stephanopoulos, the chief uh, ABC News correspondent with his Sunday show used to be a Bill Clinton staffer, right? It's like, we all know all of these things. The, the people that, 
uh, fail in government, go on to all of these shows, and then they either protect their ass from shit that they did before. Like, you get it. You get, like, what a giant snake-eating circle jerk it is. I think we all get it. Uh, so, Stelter, I tried to give you a little bit of credit there, but I can't give you that much credit. Anyway, I don't think we're going to have to, we'll have to talk about this story anymore because Cuomo is gone. And the point is that I mentioned last week, it's like he deserved to go because of the, the dereliction of duty. Uh, but also, had they brought him back, it would have been like, wait a minute, there are so many other people out there that would kill for that job. And don't you people always tell us how racist and homophobic the world is? And why wouldn't you hire a, a gay black lesbian to do that job. That would be the best thing that you could do. So we hope, my hope is that CNN will live up to its diversity and inclusion standards and pick whoever is the most oppressed journalist in the world. We must find that person. What, whoever is winning the oppression Olympics because of their ableism or their disableism and the color of their skin and their religion and their sexuality and their gender identity. I want a he, him, zee, zer, like the full thing on CNN. That's what I want Don Lemon to throw to in the whatever time that show is on 9 p.m. or something like that. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, you know my policy on COVID, guys, and it's, it's tough to hold to this policy. It's a Rubin Report policy, and I try to uh, go by the policies that I uh, set forth here at the Rubin Report. My policy is I don't wanna put out the, uh, the stories about COVID that are gonna depress you because it's just like, we just have to move on. And I think in most cases, most of you guys have moved on, I have moved on. I don't wear a mask anywhere. You gotta live your life, get injected 80 times, whatever you wanna do, like make some decisions for yourself. This shit ain't going away. They love the power. They want more control over your life. Okay, we all get it. Well, there's this guy, Bill de Blasio, and he's a, he's a true psychopath, horrible mayor of New York City, destroyed New York City to the point that my family, I've mentioned this many times before, there were times since around 1910 that my family had probably at the height of it about 60 to 70 family members living in New York City in the boroughs. Uh, we got two left. I used to say there was one, but I did, uh, I was informed of a cousin in Brooklyn. I got one in Manhattan, one in Brooklyn. Everyone else has fled. My sister was the last one to flee with her husband and two kids during the pandemic. The city is dirty, it's gross, it smells like weed, crime is through the roof, you can break into stores and steal shit, we all know that. You can just go into CVS and just clear out an aisle, nobody's gonna do anything. It's really, really depressing, it just, it just is. He ruined the greatest city on earth. That's what Bill de Blasio did, and, and you know, hopefully it'll come back at some point, but anyway, the guy's got about three weeks left of his, uh, his terrible administration, and uh, listen what he, to what he's doing with his last couple of weeks. We in New York City have decided to use a preemptive strike to really do something bold to stop the further growth of COVID and the dangers it's causing to all of us. So as of today, we're going to announce a first in the nation measure. Our health commissioner will announce a vaccine mandate for private sector employers across the board. All private sector employers in New York City will be covered by this vaccine mandate as of December 27th. We're gonna have some other measures as well to really focus on maximizing vaccination quickly so we can get ahead of Omicron and all the other challenges we're facing right now. Okay, so you get it. He's a fear-mongering maniac ahead of Omicron. Okay, there's about three people in the United States with Omicron, which from what I'm told is no relation to Unicron, the planet-eating destroyer. Uh, from the Transformers movie in 1985, way better than any of the uh, Michael Bay Transformers movies. By the way, um, he's a maniac. He is a complete maniac. So what is the part of this that is the positive part? Well, first, the positive part is he's leaving. 
right? This guy has a couple weeks left and he's going out in what he views, I suppose, as a blaze of glory. This is a guy who, when he had locked everybody down and said, don't go to the gyms, he was caught at the gym, he was caught in the park. I mean, he's just he's just a horrible human being. Like, that, that's all I can say about these people at this point. Like, what else is there to say about all of these people? I, I, I don't know. But the silver lining is this. New Yorkers, um, and I was there a couple weeks ago and I spent most of my adult life living in New York City. I, was, I moved to New York City right out of college, about 2000. I lived in New York City till about 2013 when I moved to this crazy dystopia of Los Angeles. I really should have my head examined. But um, New Yorkers have a sense of fight and a sense of spirit. If you, if you haven't uh, watched the Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters movie, or Ghostbusters 2 even, you can really feel it in Ghostbusters, if you don't believe me. That's, New Yorkers still have that. When I was there a few weeks ago, you could still feel that on the streets. And I think people have had it with this bullshit. I really do. And I think a lot of people are just gonna say no. No, I'm not complying. I will not comply. I am not listening to you. You are a crazy communist nutbag. You're on your way out. You people do not own our lives. We elected you to, well, we elected you or, or we didn't vote for you, but somebody elected you to, to defend our rights, not have you rule over us like kings and queens and you're horrible people and we're just not gonna do it. And by the way, when I was in New York City, that was when you had to show the passports and all that and nowhere was I asked to, put, uh, to show a passport. I went into places without masks and all that. So the, the silver lining is that the more they get hysterical and that's what these idiots are doing, they are making Omicron into the next Delta and there will be something after that and something after that and they will never they will never look at themselves, right? They'll never take that mirror. De Blasio said it right there, two years into this thing. Well, wait a minute, two years into this thing, who was the mayor for two years? It was you, you douchebag. So maybe you should be looking at your policies if it's so bad and stepping down in shame rather than pushing more draconian laws. Uh, but this has nothing to do with a virus anymore, as you know. This is about crazy people who want to control your life. And it will be your job on this planet Earth to make sure that they do not control you. So the positive twist, again, in case you missed it there, the positive twist is that people will just ignore it. I really think that will happen. Even here in this ridiculous place known as Los Angeles, I see people starting to ignore it. People will just ignore these people. They will keep coming out with more ridiculous, you know, it's almost... You hear this out of communist regimes, that the, the rhetoric keeps getting ramped up and ramped up and ramped up because they know they don't have the people, so they just have to keep seeming like it's the show must go on. You know, I talk about kayfabe a lot, which is, which is WWE, it's wrestling, that we're all watching this thing that we know isn't true, but we're all participating in. You can have real emotions as Hulk Hogan slams Andre the Giant, and you can be like, oh my God, Hogan beat Andre the Giant, and you have this feeling like, oh my God, that just happened in front of me, and it's real, even though they set the whole thing up beforehand. And that's sort of what we're in right now. We're in the show must go on version of democracy with these clowns. And I think more and more people will just ignore it and go about their lives and, and, I, and I don't know beyond that. I think we still got a lot to fight, but that, that's the hope. The hope is that you're the hope. And prove me right, would you? Do me a favor, prove Dave right. Okay, story number four, uh, there is a biologically male swimmer who's mopping up in the female division. This is a trans female, so he was born a male. He was a male swimmer just a few years ago but he's crushing it and breaking records in all the female swimming competitions, just as the first wave feminists, feminists would have hoped for. Uh, we've got a quote here from the New York Post. Leah Thomas, a 22-year-old transgender swimmer, 
at the University of Pennsylvania has been shattering records at the school. Before her transition, she competed for three years at Penn as a man named Will Thomas. Do we have a picture of Will? Oh yeah, there's Will right there. Look at that tall guy, Will. Look at him. I don't know who that little guy is next to him, but Will's a big guy and Will is now a female swimmer. Good for Will. Uh, it is unknown when Thomas transitioned from male to female, but the swimmer competed as a man as recently as November 2019. NCAA rules mandate at least one year of testosterone suppression treatment to be eligible to compete as a woman. As is always the case in stories like this, there is a lot of controversy about the fairness of people who are born as men competing as women. This past June, the Department of Justice argued that laws in Arkansas and West Virginia barring athletes who were born as men from competing in women's sports were unconstitutional. That's some fine work there by the Department of Justice. The United States has a significant interest in ensuring that all students, including students who are transgender, can participate in an educational environment free of unlawful discrimination, the DOJ said in court documents filed in a West Virginia court. And can we get those before and afters again? Let's just see. So uh, we've got them. Uh, that's her now, right? That's her now and that's her then. So there, okay, that's just fine. Now I wanna be very clear. I wanna be very clear, I have no problem with what a grown adult does with their body. And if you wanna live life as the other sex, if you are trans, if you wanna just dress up as a woman, keep your genitals, slice off your genitals, add genitals, whatever you wanna do, God bless you. I applaud you, fantastic. And again, if you respect me, I'll respect you. So I have trans friends, I know some trans people, I have no problem calling them by their uh, preferred pronouns, et cetera. But if you're gonna be like some crazed maniac demanding I bow to you all the time, probably not gonna do that. Now, do I have to add much more to this? Like, you guys get it, this is a problem. And it's not just a problem because of the failure of feminism. So the, the feminist movement has gone from equality for all. Let's have equality, true equality for women, which we do have now, to now the feminist movement is now promoting the idea that a biologically born male should win all of the awards in swimming as this person transitions to a female and that they are doing in the name of feminism and equality. It's so patently absurd that if you wrote it in a book 20 years ago, people would have said, you are crazy. And yet here we are. Also the fact that the Department of Justice is weighing in on this and basically forcing West Virginia schools and some other schools to have these people compete in the gender class that they wish as opposed to the one that they were born in is just absolutely bananas. You'd think that the Department of Justice might have some better things to do, but here we go. Uh, Hank says, uh, the Kamala clip on Rumble, I haven't heard cackling like that since Keaton's Batman pushed Nicholson's Joker over the bell tower. That's right. That's right, I felt that my Kamala cackle is a little bit of Jack Nicholson's Joker. Uh, and uh, TK says, can both Cuomo's be named Firedo? That's good, that's good, not Fredo, Firedo. That is good right there. Uh, all right guys, uh, my full interview with Brandon Tatum, former police officer, co-founder of Blexit, is up on YouTube and Rumble right now. I'll be interviewing Kaylee McInerney, former White House Chief of Staff under President Trump. I'm interviewing her tomorrow and then I think it's going up on uh, Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm really looking forward to talking to her. I, I like her, we've become friendly, um, but you know, to juxtapose what that woman, what Kaylee had to go through for the years that she was White House press secretary, to compare that 
to Jen Psaki. Jen Psaki, who's so unprepared, lies about absolutely everything with a press that basically is like sucking her off the entire time versus what Kaylee had to put up with, with a press that wanted to destroy her, trying to transmit something remotely true. Not that all press secretaries are always telling the truth, obviously, and I'll ask her about that, but like just trying to communicate when you're the evil one to the press as opposed to now when the press is rooting for you. Uh, if you want to chat along during the shows, you always can at rubenreport.locals.com. And uh, as I said, some big things coming. Should I send it through the pipes again? One more time, guys. Some big things are coming. I think maybe a little announcement next week. I, I'm, I'm pretty consistent. You know what I mean? If I say something's coming, it's coming. I don't let you down. So there you go. All right, see you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you want to connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubinreport.locals.com.